Welcome everyone, we're about to begin with Hashem, Feedback and Insights, share number 115. We're going to talk about the first foundation of intimacy, which is emotional intimacy. When people hear those words, very often it puts a smile to a person's face. It's something that they want, that they crave, that they enjoy. Other people hear the word emotional intimacy, they cringe and they withdraw. Because... Some of you cannot wait to become more emotionally connected with your husband and with your wife. And others are afraid. They say to themselves, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I could share my thoughts and my feelings. Emotions are not comfortable for me. It's not something I'm comfortable with. That's not who I am, they say. I'm not a good communicator. And... The truth is, it takes a certain level of bravery, of going out of the comfort zone for some people. For some people, it's so natural to want to do this and to do this. And for others, it's scary. And it's important to be brave enough to start to have these conversations that matter and start connecting this way. The good news is, is that emotional intimacy can be learned and can be shared together with your husband and with your wife. It's not something that only a few people are born with and they have it or they don't have it. Everyone could develop it. What is emotional intimacy? It's the closeness and the connection that is created through sharing each other's feelings, through sharing each other's thoughts and their inner desires and their aspirations. This includes verbal communication and as we'll speak about soon, also nonverbal communication. It's more than just saying, can we talk? Talking is certainly a part of emotional intimacy. But the key really is, how do you communicate with your husband or wife, both verbally and nonverbally? And how you do this impacts every area of the marriage. This is a side, a foundation that is underlying all the other five foundations that we're going to talk about. Why is this so? It's because that every person, whether right now they're embracing this concept of emotional intimacy or they're uncomfortable and are running away from it, the truth be told is that there is an innate desire of all of us to be known, to be seen, to be valued. This is not a matter of ego, per se. It's a matter of the soul wanting to be expressed. And most people are not taught how to do this, how to express their soul. And also, in marriage, how to have these conversations in marriage, and sometimes not so easy conversations in marriage. Even people who took courses on it, whether they went to college, whether they read books on it, whether they read, listened to some podcasts, some Shalom Bayashirim, and all of this is nice, but when it comes to facing your husband or wife, who communicates in a different way than you do, it sometimes is challenging. And many people, frankly, even those that had great relationship while they were dating, let's say, in the secular world, they they knew each other very well and they were talking with each other all the time, or they had for a while a long-distance relationship and they were on the phone and they were sharing thoughts and they were sharing feelings. What happened after you get married and after the kind, a lot of types of responsibilities come, on to your, come into your life, and then 
time goes by and you can't remember the last time you actually had a real meaningful conversation. And even if you do go on a date night, you sit, you eat your food, you don't actually have a, a real conversation. And when you do talk, it's more about how am I going to pay this bill and what plan do we have with that child this weekend and so on and so forth. Or sometimes you could have a conversation because you came across a disagreement that you had or a difference of opinion and you're um, expressing that, which is okay in, in healthy ways. But the key really is what happens a lot of times when people have those conversations that are not pleasant because they need to hear it out and to discuss a problem, then there is a shutdown. One of them shuts their emotions where there's no words and they cross their arms and they close off. This happens both ways. Sometimes it's the husband that does this. Sometimes it's the wife that does this. Sometimes when one withdraws, the other one will become try to become more animated, depressed to share more, which makes the other one want to run away more. One of them wants to work it out, get a resolution, doesn't want to drop the topic because they're afraid if we drop the topic, we'll never be able to pick up the topic again. But the other one is afraid, so they become stubborn, and they win out, and they shut down, and they never learn how to resolve their differences. And they do not really know how to create that intimacy with one another, or how to make it safe for one another. And so many marriages drift apart in this area, when even early on, they may have been very, very strong with this, but they drifted apart this way. It's not something that is taught. Emotional intimacy with another human being is not something that they teach in classes. It's not something that people talk about a lot, but it's extremely important. The main nekuda of all Bein Adam of Vahavto Riacha is based on an emotional intimacy of connecting, of being in someone's shoes, not just in the brain understanding it, but in the heart feeling it. As we see from how Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech were chosen. They took care of the sheep. There was an emotional bond there. Now, it sounds demeaning and silly. What do you mean an emotional demand bond with a sheep? The answer is, is you are connecting with that, what God created, and compassion on that Bria that is in your care to understand their emotions and their feelings to that extent to take that care, to realize when it's hungry, when it's thirsty, when it needs to eat, when it has difficulty eating, so on and so forth. That Indian goes from taking care of Balei Chaim, like Tsar Balei Chaim, to humanity over all, all humans, all people that have Tselem Aleichem, and certainly to Klal Yisrael, and certainly to one's own spouse. And you learn sometimes from trial and error, you know, like if I say this, how will he or she respond? If she's upset, what is she likely to do? Have I made a place where it's okay to be vulnerable or we're just going through the motions? So to uh, go through this, we're going to talk about why is emotional intimacy so important? And the answer is, starts with words. We said there's nonverbal, but the verbal is very important. It's the words said the right way with the right thought and feeling, creates that emotional intimacy. And what you say and how you, how you say it impacts your marriage. Every word that you speak begins as a thought in your mind, which means that no matter if it's positive or negative word, 
you're the first person impacted because you're the one thinking this. That means even if you didn't speak the words yet, you're being impacted by them. And we're not going to get into it now, but machshava, really, thought, comes with letters too. There's oisius hamachshava, where you're thinking in terms of words and ideas and thoughts in your mind, and 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 the first person you talk to, positive or negative, is yourself. And very often, even without expressing a word, those thoughts in your head, which is those letters in your mind, are impacting the way you're thinking, impacting the way you're feeling, and it's a good chance that it could be tell you could tell from your own body language what you are actually thinking. That's when it's in you. And then when you speak it out, when you talk to your husband or wife, it impacts you a second time as you hear these words. And then they impact the person that they are spoken to, and they impact people around them and who hear them. It's a rippling effect. That means what you say to your husband or to your wife, wife and how you say it matters a lot because the words you speak have power. They're not harmless. They could cause harm, but they could also create a beautiful seed and build. They impact everybody. So this motto that people say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me, as we know, is not true. Rizal Pliskin has a book called The Power of Words that talk about this. This whole book is about that. There are many books on Aino Astvarim and the way to talk. And the biggest damage that gets inflicted in marriage comes from a result of words that are spoken. Rav Palm, I said very often, Rav Palm Zeich used to say, and many people that are on the verge of divorce came to him, and when you traced it back, when he traced it back, very often it wasn't because of this big issue or that big issue, but it started with those very small behaviors of how you spoke to your husband or how you spoke to your wife. And therefore it's important to stop and think for a moment. Recognize the impact of your words, how your words are having an impact on yourself, how your words are having an impact on your spouse. And then when you know this, you don't, you don't just throw up your hands or have despair or yush. No, that gives you an empowerment. I'm going to choose something different. I'm going to use these words to create this bond, this emotional intimacy, which we are talking about today. And when you find yourself in a place where you're speaking words that are not having a desired impact on your marriage, then it's time to change those words that you speak and to change those emotions behind the spoken word that you're speaking because words, again, are not just words. They can convey love or hurt or rejection or compassion or frustration and so many more emotions. When you identify the emotions behind the words, it allows you to get to, to the heart of the matter and allows you to express things fully. And very often, by changing your words to be wise and healthy, you could get rid of these blanket statements that normally cause anger and resentment and miscommunication. So it's obvious between a husband and wife, it takes the two of you to have this emotional intimacy. If one of them, or both of them separately, keep all their thoughts to themselves, all their hopes and wishes and prayers and dreams to their themselves, and expect the other person, your husband or wife, that they will know what you are thinking, you are feeling, that doesn't work. You both need to be participants. You both need to be active participants in the emotional intimacy 
of speaking words that matter and hearing those words that matter and listening and receiving and giving of those words and the emotions behind those words. That means also that it's private and special. You don't share certain deep emotional things with other people. Like we said, sometimes als an objective person, outside objective, healthy coach, mentor, rav, that may be a different story. But stamazay to friends or other people, especially for the opposite gender, who is not your husband or wife, or even in the same gender, just talking about deep things that you really should be talking about to your own spouse. You don't start turning away from your spouse to talk about to another man or another woman to meet your emotional needs. You work towards working on those emotional needs with your own husband and with your own wife. And you discuss a lot of things with each other, from the mundane to the most profound. Conversations could be mundane type of things, which also creates an emotional connection of what your schedule looks like, how we're going to work out the day together. We have a lot to do. How are we going to work this out? But also how much you love each other and how much you're grateful to one another. You could have both in the same type of conversation, one after the other mixed in, so that the mundane is combined with a deep love. And then when does it really thrive? It thrives when there is a safe space. People make fun these days because a lot of these liberals, um, they don't know how to handle emotions, so they have these in colleges, these safe spaces where they could spread their emotions. It's sort of a very often used in a childish, immature way or a very petty way. These safe spaces, the way people use that term in our culture. But in the context of what we're saying over here now, the word safe space is something that is kadosh, it's holy, and it is special, and it is emotionally healthy. A space where you and your wife, you and your husband fear, feel safe, feel safe with one another that you could talk about your fears without judgment. You could talk about your worries without being judged. You could talk about your dreams and, and successes or aspirations, things that other people you were afraid to talk about till now because you're afraid they'll make fun of you or put you down. But here you feel safe because you know they would never put you down. And they always take your words seriously. That's a big part of emotional intimacy is recognizing that, to have the maturity and understanding that your wife or husband may think a lot different than you, they may say some things that's deep in their heart that to you may seem strange and you'll learn to embrace it and not to reject it. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. Doesn't mean you have to feel necessarily everything, but you bring your spouse's world into your world. And a marriage generally does not do well when you're not able to be vulnerable, uh, when you're not able to share with your husband or your wife. So learning how to develop that ability Again, barring Lashon Hara, Rechilas, of course, but the ability to share all aspects of your life with your wife, with your husband, that can be accomplished. The world will be a better place that way. We talked about this so much, how the micro of every one of you working and bonding in your Shalom bias that, effect, that will affect the relationship between you and your wife, you and your husband, and ultimately with your children and your home, is directly helping Klal Yisrael as a whole and the world as a whole to maintain peace and love and 
and warmth and connection with one another. When you learn about emotional intimacy, you'll also, but as is Hashem, and you daven for this, to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu help to know the timing of when to talk about certain things. Some, For example, some people know that in the morning is the best time to connect, or sometimes it's after the kids go to bed, or sometimes in the middle of the day you get a moment and you're thinking about your husband or wife and you text them or make a quick call. Sometimes when you're driving home, that's when you could catch up with your husband or wife as one of you is driving home from work to work or so on. To develop a certain rhythm that works for both of you, the husband and wife, figuring out the times of when to connect this way. Now, when it comes to heavier conversations or bigger conversations, you may need to put a little more thought about when to speak up. We'll talk 9 o'clock at night after the young kids are sleeping. Or, you know, you, or, or, but, but it's hard to do if you're running late for work or, or very important also, if you know you're hungry right now or you know you're tired right now, excessively tired, because everyone's tired these days, or it's right after work and you just need to settle your mind, that's probably not the right time to get into a real heavy conversation. A lot of people have that pitfall, the eight Zara works, where they have to talk about something, and they do talk about something, but but it's not the right time. Now, it doesn't mean you push it off forever, and it doesn't mean you don't you don't procrastinate, but you just find the right time. The same concept is when we talked about this, you saw that many, many marriage counselors say that don't go to bed angry if you're upset at each other. Now, ideally, of course, that's a goal that everyone should try to achieve, to make shalom, to talk, to iron things out before going to sleep so you could sleep and go home with shalom. But sometimes if something comes up and it's late at night already and you're both upset about something and it's going in circles, it could be simply you're both exhausted and it's hard to think clearly. It's very late and tired. Then it's healthy indeed to go to bed even though it's not fully resolved. And we talked about when it is the tar period and it's scheduled intimacy. There's, you could put that off out of your heart and say it's a timeout and still be intimate and loving to each other. Mature adult couples learn how to do this. And on the aspect that they were disagreeing on, let's wait, we'll get some sleep, and we'll schedule it, we'll re- revisit it the next day. And we're not procrastinating, it will be revisited the next day. You're giving cover to your husband or wife right now. We're committed, and that builds trust. And that builds trust. So that is also a key of emotional intimacy, to daven for the time to do this. And to be Messiah this particular shear, and we're going to have another shear on emotional intimacy. This is very, very crucial, the shiurim on intimacy, all types. And emotional intimacy is a yesoid, hayesoides of all the other five that we're going to talk about. Now, as long as you're alive, you're growing and changing. Things that matter to you, things that worry you, things that excite you are also changing your emotional connection. It needs to stay regardless of these changes, which means that there's a R.A. Miklat, an oasis in a, the desert. That is what your marriage is between you and your husband, you and your wife. It's a safe, the safest space on earth where the Shechina is there to allow you and your husband, you and your wife to grow, to share growth with each other, even as you're changing about different perspectives, but you grow together and you build your marriage together.
And you daven, listen carefully, we're all busy in this life. No one's taking it lightly. But what happens is, is if we get too busy to emotionally connect with one another over time, because of this lack of time to emotionally connect, there will be a drifting apart. We have to fight it and fight it and fight it, no matter how busy our life is. No matter how busy our life is, this is a must. Just like you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to create that safe space and time to emotionally connect with your husband or with your wife, no matter how busy things are. You create that space where you're both together alone and it's a calmer area. You take a deep breath, you rest up a little bit, and no matter how, whatever's going on, you need to have that connecting time to emotionally connect with one another. Bracha and atzlacha.